Yo, what's good? This is St. Joe, soundsofgear.com, back with another episode of Learn Your Gear. Got the squad in here, and today we're going to be talking about vocal recording and vocal production. I guess it's kind of one and the same, but all these people have some really good skills in that area, so we want to dig into it. But first, quick introduction. We'll start with Ellip. What's going on? It's me again, Kevin Ellip from KSound.com, music producer. And uh, just here to talk about whatever. That's what's up. That's what's up. Sean? What's up, y'all? Sean Devine, producer, mix engineer, sound designer. Happy to be here. Yes, sir. And my man, TDS. Going on, everyone. The Daydream Sound. Happy to be here. Yeah, that's what's up. And y'all know me. Well, hopefully you know. St. Joe, Sounds and Gear. Check me out. Um, so, yeah, today we're going to get into vocal, vocal recording and vocal production and maybe some things that you guys like to do um or some tips that you have for people who are are trying to improve their vocals or even just be creative with vocals and things like that um let's let's start with tds on this one yeah um for me i think when i was speaking from vocal recording because i definitely don't record my own vocals that much i from a studio perspective what i'm looking for is to make the person as comfortable as they can be Mm -hmm. so they, they I find like just getting rid of as much inhibitions as I can makes everything sound a bit better. So from the minute they walk into the studio, I kind of gauge their height right away. You know, and as we're talking, I'll set the mic a certain height. So when they walk into the room, they're like, oh, I don't have to set anything up. Mm. Um, usually I find with the headphone mix, that's usually important. I find out what they want. Usually have a bottle of water in the room, make sure the temperature is right. Um, I find that with the headphone mix, usually if it's too loud and they're singing, they start to get a little bit pitchy because they're trying to compete with their own voice, uh, which will carry them out of tune. So nice. I'll have it just at the right level where they're on pitch and what they intend to do is exactly what, you know, is come, you know, comes with tracks after tracks after tracks of looping. And I'll just leave. Like I'll go do something and let them be alone, you know, so I'm not there, you know, because it's intimidating sometimes for people to sing alone. And yeah. then you got this guy sitting across the booth or whatever. It's kind of, you know. Right. So I'll leave and let them do what they want, and then I'll comp the takes later. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, Actually I'm... wrote down stuff. Yeah. Uh, that's as much it. For me, it's about performance. Like, the performance is everything. If they, if they overload the mic, that's okay if the performance is good. Whatever they do, as long as I get the performance out of them that they want, mm-hmm. that's fine. Oh, okay. So that's, when it comes to vocal recording, that's key. Also, oh, the last thing I would say is, a lot of the times, you'll, especially with rappers, their speaking voice isn't their rapping voice. Right. So you'll meet a guy. Like a lot of times this happened <laughs> to me where a singer or a vocalist will come in and they're real soft-spoken. And then, okay, you choose this type of mic because you're figuring, okay, this will do well for them. They get in the booth and they sound like DMX. And you're yeah. like, I didn't see that coming. You know. <laughs> so a lot of the times I want to know who I'm recording or I'll just hear their rapping voice just to pick the right mic to, mm. you know, compliment what they're doing. But that's about it for vocals for me. Yeah, yeah. No, that's yeah. dope, man. I think there was some really dope stuff you said. I think one thing that stood out to me was the headphone mix tip where you said you don't want to have it too high because especially with a singer, they're trying to yeah. sing and compete with that and it throws them off pitch. Like that was, yeah, that's, a, yeah. that's a good one, man. That's, you yeah. know, that's definitely a good nugget. Uh, Ellip, I know you do some, some, a lot of different vocal stuff, man. What you got? What kind of tips you got for us out here? For me, it's more about clarity. Mm-hmm. Um, some of the techniques that I've uh, that I've kind of gained over, just over the years of just doing it, 
um i used to have a vocal booth yeah so i understand where tds coming from as far as like intimidation whatever same person in the room because it's like a lot of times you are looked at as that that guy and Mm -hmm. you know they they trying to impress you yeah and to the point where they not really emotionally attached to the song you know giving that emotional energy or whatever because yeah. trying to impress me i'm like you already passed the test you can sing so let's go let's yeah. do what you do but um i've gotten to the point where i moved and a lot of people are going through this as well you know a lot of people don't have booths right you know what i mean um so they they buy reflection filters around the mic and you know that type of thing so um like if i was to share a tip like how to get clean vocals um most of the time it would be like um just making sure you're in a, a room that, that has carpet or something like that mm-hmm. preferably not high ceilings yeah that's that's the goal but <laughs> i mean everybody can't help it but they made products to help you with that like the um the uh i can't i can't remember the, the little snowball thing that you kind of hover around the mic the eyeball um, the, the, yeah, uh, the eyeball yeah, yeah they yeah. made that and and um they they have other reflection like things that go around the mic but i mean you know of course making sure the room is quiet mm-hmm. um you know that type of thing a lot of times that actually helps just make sure the room quiet put one of those eyeballs around it and and you know you can get some decent quality and it just really depends a lot of people think it's about the mic yeah it yes and no but a lot of times it just really depends on the miking technique how far away the distance between you and the mic you know and and you can record some good vocals on a 50 dollar mic if you know what you're doing you know what I mean? right so i had people send me vocals using the iphone yeah and i'm like man your vocals is dope <laughs> where did you record that yeah. it's like oh, i'll just use my iphone i'm like get out of here man so so it's really not all about the the mic a lot of times is it's yeah. really you know just it's all about if you know what you're doing play around with it and get a good quality no yeah i feel you definitely definitely yeah and you got you got that uh what's it the chaotic eyeball chaotic yeah what's it yeah now yeah you, i just got my hands on it yeah so what you think about it so far have you used it yet you put it to use yet like um i haven't tried it out yet i was planning on doing a review um once i had that chance to yeah. do so but um i've heard a lot of great things about yeah it, me too me too yeah we'll, we'll we stay in tune for that review man because i want to hear what you think about it man definitely uh sean my man i know you you always dropping nuggets on vocals and you know vocal recording and stuff man what's some what's some things that say somebody's just getting started in either recording themselves or you know recording artists um what's some things that some tips that you would give them as to approach it and, and not to be so intimidated by it or some things that you feel would have helped you out when you were first starting? Um, I think a very important thing is just understanding basic signal flow, making sure you're doing a little bit of gain staging, going into whatever external gear you may have. Um, also just understanding the way your preamp works and figuring out where the sweet spot is so you're not you know, overdriving it, you're not distorting the preamp going in. Yeah. Get a good, clean recording. You know, like TDS and Kev said, you know, it's it's really important to get a good performance. Obviously, like you, 
you want to get a good clean signal, but uh, more important than that, you know, if you can combine that with a great performance, then it's just all going to work out that much better. So um, going along with that, just trying to feel comfortable with the headphone mix mm. is crucial. So I've been uh, really stressing. There's a lot of uh, people who want to put a lot of plugins and effects on their voice as they're recording. Yeah. And it introduces latency. And that's, that's one of the most important things when you're doing hip hop vocals is the timing's got to be spot on. So you don't want to get so carried away that you lose track of the latency you might be presenting. Right. As you know, someone's performing. Right. Right. So that's crucial. Definitely. Now, do you guys have any any favorite tools when it comes to vocals, either recording or Sean? I know. Well, I think all you guys do, you know, some sound design stuff. So even even when it comes to just straight across the board vocal recording or even vocals in your sound design, do you guys got any tools or things that you like to use? Like I know for me, I don't do a lot of vocal recording, but I obviously I record my voice a lot. And one of my favorite tools is um, Isotopes Nectar, man. Like, I I live by Nectar. I think it's one of the, it's it's a really dope, you know, channel strip for vocals because it has it's really straightforward, but it has a lot of stuff in terms of being able to really enhance and tweak your vocals. And also, I like to use um, funny enough, I like to use RX Isotope RX, um, especially when you're talking about video vocals and things like that, like when you're doing tutorials and things like that, because they got a lot of stuff in there that can kind of say if you're using lav mics or camera mics and you got a lot of reverb going on or a lot of rustling going on or, you know, popping or even I've even used it to take out noise from my air conditioner, you know, <laughs> you know, so air conditioner noise or, you know, outside lawnmower noise and stuff like that. So for me, um, as somebody who doesn't record a lot of artists and I don't, you know, record myself in, t in a musical context, but more, you know, for just vocal production for tutorials and stuff, um, Isotope products for me have been really, really helpful. Like RX and Nectar, man, are the, those are my two go-tos. I use those a lot. So I wonder if you guys got any, any things that you like to go to, you like to keep in the stash that you always seem to go to when you're messing with vocals. Mm, I've got so many. Yeah. Uh, it's uh i'm i'm really just a sucker for good compressors good eq yeah you know all the things that are in like something like nectar or whatever um i just like to kind of piece it all together myself build my own vocal chains yeah um, the ssl any kind of eq i'm i'm boosting with the ssl i just love the sound of it yeah um, otherwise there is a really cool plugin by a guy named matthew lane mm -hmm. it's called dr ms it's a uh, stereo width plugin, okay. but it's really great if you're doing hip hop or even R&B where you're doing dub vocals or punches and maybe you've only got one layer and you want to spread them out, have kind of the stereo effect where, you know, a lot of artists record them in pairs left and yeah. right. Sometimes you won't get two of them. So if you just had one, you want to have that really wide backing vocal. Gotcha. Um, it's a great plugin for that. So I've been using that. Dope, dope, dope. Uh, Ella, what about you, man? You got anything that you like to go to? Anything that you like to keep in the stash? Yeah, I'm just like Sean. I, yeah. I, I have so much stuff. Um, I, I like to venture out and see what what does what to different vocals. Yeah. I also get like uh, a lot of um, um, artists that will send me stuff from 
wherever. And so their vocal recording situation is not the best all the time. Gotcha. So I use RX as well. And yeah. As a matter of fact, I use RX to clean up some of everything, like yeah. baseline. Because sometimes, you know, the bass don't come through clean as possible. So, like, it, it, it may be, um, uh, 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 I don't know, the chord funny. Yep. You know, the, the way that it's connected, like a buzz or something. Yep. And I'll 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 go in and, and and get that out. And the same for vocals, you know, wind noises or whatever yeah. the case may be. I'll just um I I have I have isotope. I have that as well. Um there was, a, there was something new that they put out. Can't remember the name of it, but, but that, that's something I I I like what it's doing to the vocals as well. Um I mean it's just I use a lot of basic EQs and compressors too. So, yeah. <laughs> you know, it, it just really depends. It depends right. on the vocals. If it's rap, um, or if it's, you know, and it, it depends on the, the, the tone of the, the, the vocals. If, you know, if, if the girl is giving me like this warm R&B flavor or, or if it's pop, you know, it just really depends. Yeah. Yeah. Now, do you guys find yourself going to any, particular type of compressor or eq or maybe reverb depending on the type of artist like because you both have mentioned uh you know hip-hop and rap versus you know r&b and singing do you find that any specific type lends itself well to one or the other or is it just more about the the actual vocal the actual person's voice i think it's it's huge to pay attention to the voice and just experiment with different compressors and EQs because they interact so differently. I mean, I use certain compressors when I get, you know, signals like Kev's talking about where it's, it's not a good recording. There's compressors that work better for that. They deal with the noise floor a little bit better. You know, there's just something about it that I think works better for that kind yeah. of vocals. So um, it definitely just depends on the signal type. There's, there's so many options and you've got to kind of explore what works best for each particular scenario and situation. I gotcha. Now, something I want to touch on before we forget, because both of you guys mentioned getting recordings that aren't as pristine. And I think a lot of people run into that situation, or a lot of people are in those scenarios where they're dealing with vocal recordings or even recording themselves in the most not clean environment. And you mentioned some specific compressors. Um, what are some you can throw out that people may want to look at that maybe lends itself a little bit more to being useful in that type of situation where the vocal isn't so clean uh, well if you've got just kind of a harsh digital vocal in general i tend to reach for something like an r comp the waves r comp i've just found over the years that that one works great for really cold just kind of you know just rough sort of digital signals um, there's a lot of other ones out there that will add some subtle, subtle color and saturation mm -hmm. to the vocal to help you with that. Yeah. Uh, but that's one. Kev, I'm sure he's probably got some in TDS. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, go go ahead. I I generally don't compress what on the end. I used to a lot, and then I just stumbled into not doing it. I find that if I if I can get a 32-bit recording and I leave that headroom. I'll let them just, they're never going to blast through that ceiling. So I'll compress later. But I used to use, um, I still have it, uh, Elisa's 3630 a lot. 
especially for radio vocals. I used to love that. Mm-hmm. I find that handles everything and it's pretty smooth and it's, it warms things up more than you think for a cheap compressor. It's pretty like if you could get your hands on one, they're, they're pretty good. Right. Yeah. Dope. Dope. Kev, what about you, man? Yeah. For, for, for me, um, I'm, I guess I will agree with that, but I would, I would compress after as well. Yeah. I, I go after again, back to the, the first, the first point I made earlier, uh, going for a clean vocal. Um, and if it's clean, meaning like the way that it comes in, like the signal coming into, into the dog, like it has to be, you know, enough headroom where I can give it a boost right. if it needs to be. And, um, I mean, and the type of compressor, like I'm a studio one guy, I, right. a lot of times I would just go for the stock cause the stocks, the stock compressor sounds really good to me. Yeah. Um, or I will go for two a mm-hmm. on the vocal. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I will go for, for two a definitely all the time on, on, on the vocal just, just to give it that, that extra push that that extra clarity you can kind of hear the vocals like in your ear with the 2a um but it it, it definitely has to be recorded correctly it, right. it can't be distorted or you know what i mean and you know it has to be clean as possible because once you boost a vocal you're gonna hear everything like everything else is boosted you know, right all the little you know <laughs> things around you, you know, definitely you hear it all yeah yeah i think um i just want to clarify too with what we're talking about there's two very different kind of stages to do this this stuff in so you've got your compression going in in the recording phase which is going to be destructive to the audio right that's going to actually be in the recording (laughs) that would then come to us to mix now if you want to just monitor the compression while you're recording you could do something with a plug-in that's not destructive meaning it's not going to change the actual audio itself, then you've got more flexibility. You can, you know, change it out, switch it up later. Um, but I think the important thing about that is a lot of people are just reaching for compressors going in or different effects going in to apply to the audio where, you know, that's, if you're not that comfortable doing that, if you don't have an engineer who's kind of running a session and has a, uh, experience with that, that equipment, you probably want to air towards leaving it dry putting a plug in on so you can monitor the sound and then having someone do something later. So just making sure that, you know, people understand it's Yeah, different. I mean, yeah. yeah, most, most people that do that, um, they going after a certain tone or character that mm. a, a right. certain compressor may give off. And so they want that from the, the beginning. A lot of times older studios with all the, you know, the gear, they would do that a lot of times, but I agree with you, Sean, man, you know, you can't change it after after that so you <laughs> definitely want to make sure that that's what you want to go with yeah and you know but i'm a proponent of going in straight because like like what john uh sean said if i if i need to change something later on i can right with no problem you know what i mean but you know sometimes it's you you you, you want that sound you just want that sound yeah yeah now do you guys find yourself because I know, I mean, I'm pretty sure you guys get this question a lot, but um, for somebody who's new to, say, compression, do you find yourself hovering around a certain ratio to start? You know, like, you always start at, you know, 
two to one, four to one, whatever, and then work up from there because you know you're dealing with vocals? Um, or again, does it just matter on the vocal? And that's this for anybody, any because you all, all of you guys, uh, you know, deal with this stuff. So I tend to hover around three to one, but I move it up and down just depending on the vocal. But a lot of times I'll start at three and one just to see what it what it sounds like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think you want to just jump in and apply as little of gain reduction as possible. So start real low, and then bring it up. Uh, like we were talking about, you may get a vocal that comes to you that's already been run through, you know, Avalon or whatever, already compressed. So gotcha. if we don't have to right. do a lot of compression to it. I'm cool with that. Yeah, yeah. No. Yeah. Now, what if somebody just wants – oh, go ahead, TD. No, I was saying for me, like, compression is just, at this point, strictly creative. So mm-hmm. whatever I'm dialing in, it's, it's all by air. Yeah. I found myself looking less and less at what I'm doing and what it sounds like. So I'll just turn until I'm like, oh, okay, I'll deal with that for now. And yeah. that's what I go with. But I, I, I wouldn't be able to say what level. Yeah. Mm. That's a great point, by the way. Uh, compression is just seems to be one of the most confusing things for people who are just starting out with vocal recording. And yeah. TD makes a great point that compression, you know, there's a lot of controls that are a little bit harder to understand in terms of just looking at the dials and understanding the the actual things that are happening behind the scene, but you yeah. just have to listen to compression. It's the most important thing is just to use your ears as you're turning stuff and see how it feels and use that as your guide of, of how to set things with compression. Right. Yeah, exactly. definitely, definitely. Now, what if somebody wanted to use a compressor and not, not so much for, like you guys have said, not so much for the compressor, or the compression, but they they just want uh, they just want the tone out of it. Um, what's some suggestions you would give for that? Like, should they when they're when they're putting on their vocal, should they leave the input alone? Should they turn the output up, or should they leave the output alone and turn the input up? If they just if they're just going for the tone of the compressor itself, I would just use a super low ratio. I mean, like as low as you can get it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, if it's hardware, usually that's going to be different because you could just run it through there and you're going to get some of the tone from it. Right. Uh, plug-in world is different. If you just put it on there Definitely. and you're not applying it, you know, you may get something from the actual software. It's doing something behind the scenes. You may yeah. not. So. Right, right, right. Now, um, outside of compression um, and obviously EQ, do you guys mess with any – you mess with reverb much at all um yes or, or even yes. any chorus or anything like that and uh uh what's what's some tips you have for people that are because you know you know man and i'm sure we've all been there like when you first get that reverb like the very first time you mess with some reverb inevitably you just use too much you're just like yo boom this sounds that sounds crazy you know so what are some tips for people that may be new to applying reverb um to their vocals that you would you would give people um, <laughs> I get that a lot. You yeah. see me grinning because it's like I'm just, just remembering all the tracks out, and I'm like, "Oh yep. my god, really?" I mean, it, when Reverb hit, it was like God, like God given. No, yeah. you're supposed to know how to use it. No, you don't put a lot of okay. So with Reverb, um, it's just like anything else. You 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 kind of like you start at zero, and you kind of like 
you know, ride it and put, you know, it, it, according to taste, you know, just keep keep going in. And then they have different, you know, reverb settings or whatever. You got to your long haul, you got your short haul, medium, you yeah. got your pong, ping pong, whatever. And then you got your, it's all types of settings and, and things. So it just really depends on, you know, you, you if you're trying to get that big room sound or you're trying to get a tight sound. A lot of times, well, this is something I, I, I've actually learned. I, um, I was looking at this one video and I seen this guy do something with the uh, delay and mm-hmm. I started doing that and using delay. It's like a trick to it to get that same reverb feel, but it's like, yep. like a tight delay. It sounds like it's a reverb, but it's really not. But the mm-hmm. delay kind of gives you that tight and it cut off. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like it's not so long or whatever. So that, that's kind of something yeah. I've been using in the place of reverb sometimes. Mm-hmm. I, I I put reverb on drums and and a little bit on vocals just to give it a sense of depth or whatever. But I don't go too crazy with it yeah. unless yeah. unless that's the idea. Right, right, right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. What about what about you guys? Any any tips on reverb, Sean? I know you probably deal with <laughs> like like Kev. Yeah, I know you probably um, get a lot of vocals with some reverb and stuff on it. So yeah, Kevin. He said a minute. Reverb is like the effect from God above. It's just amazing to listen to. It's fun to work with. So for the people who are getting into this, I think a good rule is whatever reverb you are gonna put on there, bring the mix knob back like quite a bit. Cause you're gonna naturally just use a little bit too much reverb. I, I do it all the time still. You know, I have to kind of just find myself pulling it back a little bit because it's fun. It creates vibe. You know, that you can create these spaces that, uh, you know, give the recordings a certain feel and a certain energy. And it's it's fun. But yeah, yeah, just use it conservatively. (laughs) (laughs) I agree on that one, man. It's 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 exactly that. It's it's about the space. And when you add too much, you're you're literally drowning your mix in reverb. Mm -hmm. But it's addictive. So I think it's that balance of like, okay this vocal here doesn't need to dominate doesn't need to i think if you think in terms of making your reverb fit into the mix rather than overtaking your mix because it even right. sounds good but like you know the 80s will tell you like any 80s bad like reverb is the bomb but you got to yeah. put in its space if you want to be realistic about it and it all depends on the mix another thing you can do like if you have the luxury of recording in a really really good room get you know print that room right there and then like if you're recording something like a choir and yeah. in a hall, put mics anywhere you can put them in the pews, put them near that. You know, if you've got wood floors, put them anywhere yeah. your air sounds. And a good trick to doing that is plug one of your ears so that now yeah. you are a walking mono microphone. So you hear yeah. the mic, you're no longer hearing in stereo, walk around and wherever that sounds good with your ear plug, drop that mic. Yeah. You know, and walk around with your ear plug, drop that mic. So, if you're listening with your both ears, you're hearing, unless you're using a stereo mic, then you can do that. But that's what I would do if you're in a room where the room just sounds great and use right. that. I mean, you're yeah. printing like three or four tracks or yeah. require a lot of mics, and then you could pick your natural reverb. And a lot of times you'll just need a little bit of other reverb just to gel all those mics together. But yeah, as far as reverb, I, I, I'm on the same bag when I, I love reverb. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah I'm not the yeah. right person to ask, I guess. Dope, dope. No, man, I think it's helpful. I, I was actually going to ask yeah. next. You already answered it, but I was going to ask about um, 
recording natural reverb and if you guys ever you know delve with actually recording the spaces that your your talent is in or even recording your own reverbs and things like that so you already kind of touched on that man um dope dope stuff yeah man well i think i think this is it's it's been good hopefully um people have picked up some of these nuggets man some really good stuff uh i know we can talk forever about this stuff and there's so many different paths we can go on each you know compression and eq and reverb and all that different stuff and who knows we may do dedicated shows on 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 different types of effects but i just wanted a, a good kind of a springboard for people who are getting into recording vocals or maybe mixing vocals or doing some vocal production and things like that and, and just some different tips and tricks that they could use so um as always man appreciate you guys for taking the time out and sharing your knowledge um if you guys got anything going on i want to go around and let everybody talk about what they got going on i know tds just dropped something new so please uh, let us know what you got going on man i just uh released a atmospheric album called refresh it's on Bandcamp. you can get up from the daydreamsound.com it's a 17 minute atmospheric composition that um I I love it. <laughs> so uh, Damn, check it man. out. That's it. Dope, dope, dope. Sean, what you got going on this week, man, or this month or today? You always got something going on. Yeah, it's always something. But uh, <laughs> yeah, y'all can check me out on YouTube if you want to learn about mixing or recording your vocals. I just did a tutorial on recording hip-hop vocals. So if you're a hip-hop artist. And then I have a new mixing course for R&B coming out very soon to my mixing S2. So check that out. Dope, dope, dope. And Ella, what you got going on this week, man? You another man that got a bunch of stuff going on. Yeah, it, you got to keep it like that, man. You got to yeah. stay busy. Man, yep. this man. Um, well, I, I'm always teaching. Mm-hmm. I have um, a couple of courses I'll be updating on the uh, artistsound.university site. So, oh. that, you know, always looking forward to uh, uh, courses like that. I also have... Um, courses dad more so into the vocal as we spoke about today i i dropped mm-hmm. one not too long ago it was a uh i guess it was like a r&b type type vibe working yeah. with another artist from chicago as a matter of fact dope, and dope. to me to dallas and i kind of showed how i i took that vocal from from my files and you know put it in the program and, and, and you know did what i did kind of did the whole process as to you know somebody sending you something you you know the days where people are in the same studio has ended so yeah you know technology just like this like all of us in here we are from different continents of the world so this is pretty cool it's the same same as music so yeah man i'm always i'm always doing something man that's what's up that's what's up and you know no, always, man. Always welcome. Always appreciate it. Y'all can always find me at Sounds and Gear. Just go to the channel. Go to the site. Uh, what I got going on, I think recently I just dropped a new NKS pack. So if you use Trillion and you want to browse it directly inside of uh, Machine or Complete Control, come over to the Sounds and Gear shop and pick that up. Um, dope little template for you for you guys that are using Trillion in those products. Other than that, man, you know, more content, more reviews, tutorials, all that type of stuff. Um, just Come to the channel. If you're not subscribed, make sure you do it. Also, if you don't have time to watch this, you can always catch us on the podcast. We're on uh, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, all that stuff, so you can listen to the audio of this. Uh, Make sure you follow everybody on the squad. Uh, Make sure you check out everybody's channel, subscribe, and like I said, subscribe to this channel if you haven't. If you dig this, please share it, like it, 
And um, we appreciate you guys. We'll see y'all later. Peace. Peace.